0: And welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Mr. Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Now, I just want to, uh, you know, as a, as a pastor, you know, you guys have got um, people in your world who you can go to. But as a pastor, you know, if you, if you need a vent, if you need to let things off your chest, it's quite, kind of difficult to talk to people, you know, uh, because um, this, you know, you're know you that person for everyone else, but they're not that for you. So I was wondering if I could just kind of do that with all of you this morning, have a little bit of a, get a few things off my chest, and, because uh, I really need to lift some weight, and uh, I feel like the Lord's going to use you this morning to bless me, and uh, is everyone okay with that? Okay. You know, we... Uh, we sold our house of, that we'd been living in for the last 14 years uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, you're whistling, but for me that's kind of traumatic because I'm not a lover of change. And uh, you know, the Lord's working on me there. But, uh, you know, that's the longest I've lived in any house in my whole life. And it's been tough. You know. I would just ask you to pray for me. <laughs> Here's what happened in, the, in, a, in a three-week period in the last month. We had a baby, beautiful Sienna. It was challenging for me and Kristen as well, and uh, I, and because of Sienna, I had to skip the Noosa Triathlon, which is one of my most loved events. Um, in that period of you know of, of our house being sold and packing all these sort of things, we had to host Jeff Crabtree, and who's who's you know who's who, who, who's, who's great fun, but took time. he had to open our recording studio over here, which was amazing. Uh, we moved our house that's about 350 square metres into an about 110 square metre unit. And uh, so we're climbing over furniture to get to the fridge still. Uh, you know, I helped run a losing campaign in the state election. That was fun. And uh, to top it off, uh, you know, for, for the last 10 days, we had our, uh, my mother-in-law and sister-in-law staying with us in our little uh, 110 square metre unit. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, and uh, so what have you been up to? <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been a challenging three weeks and, you know, uh, as we get to the, towards the end of the year, you know, sometimes you can look back and you go, man, I only just got through this one. Hey, there's been some, there's been some big ups and some big downs and even sometimes too many ups together, you know, feels like a down. Does that, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, You sell your house, great. You have a child, great. You sell your house and you have a child in the same week. That's a tough week. Hey, two fantastic things. Mother-in-law comes in, you know. It's great for Kristen. You can please stop recording this um, for podcast. And uh, yeah, anyway, I preached a message a few weeks ago called Rage Against the Beige. You know, sometimes, you know, you've got to, there's, you You got. know, we're, everything's beige. We're just trying to fit in. And I was saying, no, we need some colours. Do you know what? I'm looking for beige right now. I'm looking just for a boring day where it's just me. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to hear children scream. Do you know what the worst thing is about having three ladies in your house? Is all of a sudden the glitter content goes through the roof. Anyone resonate with that, Christian? He's got five ladies in his house, man. The guy's covered in glitter constantly. I don't even know where it comes from. Where does it come from? And, uh, you know, you can see the character of society sliding when glitter becomes, the, you know, the, the, the fashion of your whole household. And uh, anyway, pray for me. Should we preach now? Yeah. Uh, this year, you know, this year's coming to a close very quickly. And you'll blink and it'll be uh, 2018. Can you believe it? Uh, you, know, we, we, you know, it was a little while ago, we all had those 2020 visions. Now we're like, um, you know, we, we've got to choose another day, but no one wants to think further than 2020, do they? It's like, you've got to be kidding, 2020 something? You know, that's a, that's a long way past Jesus setting us free, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I, I, when I look at this year, I go, okay, maybe I survived this year, or was there something more that happened? You know, was there, you know, was God doing something more in me than how I feel right now as the year comes to a close? You know, sometimes, sometimes we need to look at our year well. You know, I shared a verse with our, uh, with our senior leaders, our department leaders this week, to encourage them as they look back at their year, which, uh, you know, Christian this morning, thank, you know, just blessed us all and stole it for our pre-church meeting. And, uh, but here's the thing. Our ability to look at yesterday well gives us the capacity to dream about what's next well. Because if we cannot look at our yesterday well, our platform for dreaming is, is diminished. And God doesn't want you to have a diminished platform of dreaming. He wants you to have a high platform of dreaming. He wants you to dream from a place of visibility, not from a place of dreaming of getting out of a hole. He wants you to look out, doesn't he? He wants you to stand on the platform. I have a, I have a better view of you today because I'm standing on a platform. I can, I can imagine well. I can see further because I'm standing on a platform. God wants you to, to look at the future from a platform of hope, not from a platform of, of surrender. Here's the thing, the key to the future is always found in where our hope lies. When you look forward, the key to that future that you're dreaming has to be attached to a hope in your life. And here's the other challenge, is that the key to to unpacking our past is also attached to our hope. You see, if I look at our past through my state, through what I've achieved, I'm at the mercy of my emotions and what has actually happened. But when I look at my past through, the, through a picture of hope, through Christ, things look very differently. You know, I've got a few challenges with the Lord. One of them, that he's not logical. If you noticed how up is down in the kingdom of God, down is up? You know, you've got to love those, bless those who curse you, love your enemies, bless those who persecute you, you know, all these sorts of things you've got to, you've got to turn, someone slaps you, then you've got to turn the other cheek. Kind of doesn't sound logical, does it? And, uh, and I think it's the same when we look at, when we look at our lives. Uh, we've, we've got to stop using logic and start using hope to unpack our own lives. Because sometimes logic can cause you to give yourself permission to get depressed. On the other side of things, sometimes logic can give yourself permission to cause you to look at your own life with pride. Look at me. How are you doing? Aren't I just special? God wants us to look at everything through the eyes of hope in Christ. So your job this year, as you debrief, I want to challenge you this morning, before you even consider 2018, I want you to debrief well your 2017. And I want you to debrief it. Your job is to use your hope in Christ as that tool to debrief your yesterdays. Why Because if you use anything other than hope, you will be defined by your state and by what happened in your year. And sometimes if that's great, you define yourself as great. But sometimes if it's not, you define yourself as hopeless. I love closure. I love it. I love when, you know, when I walk, you know, walk into an atmosphere and it's been cleaned. Before I get there, I love walking into the bathrooms, you know, and, and my nose hairs burn because of the smell of Domestos. I know it's been that clean, you know what I mean? I, I want to know that, that um, when something finishes, it finishes well. Okay, before I move on to the next thing. If something's not finished well, I feel like I'm dragging, you know, I feel like I'm, if you go into the kitchen uh, of your home and uh, the last thing you cooked was lasagna and the next thing you're, you're cooking is a dessert but you don't clean the lasagna off the bench, your dessert begins to taste like lasagna, which if you're Italian is a very good day. But for everyone else, for everyone else, you know, we want to make sure that our yesterdays have great closure, so that the negative things of yesterday don't taint the dreaming about tomorrow. And sometimes if the yesterdays was, were positive, we can add a pride from yesterday into our dreaming about tomorrow. God wants us to, 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 to reconcile our accounts. He wants us to debrief well so that we have closure for our yesterdays. He wants us to look at our yesterday and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It may have been a bad day, but I thank you that I am greater. Lord, I thank you that you are still present. Lord, I thank you that we got through something. Lord, I thank you that we climbed that mountain. We thank you, Father, that I may be in a pit, but I know that your hand is down ready to pull me out of that pit. It's a different way of looking at things. Closure is great. I love cleaning up one mess before we we start another. And as you consider the happenings of this year, you're going to feel some things. You're going to feel some emotions. You're going to, you know, some, I was talking to to, to, the Mac, to the Macs up the back, you know, and someone asked me, how are you going to go? I'm older and tighter. I'm older and slower than I was a year ago. You know, but I love it. You know why? Because I'm smarter than I ever was. I might be slower than you, chef, but I'm, you know, I've got a lot more years of experience than you. I won't say I'm smarter. She's probably smarter than me. You see, how we feel tends to dominate our debriefing more than what actually happened. Have you noticed that? How we feel about what happened tends to be more important than actually what happened. So my verse of encouragement went like this. It comes from Romans 8.18. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us sufferings of today are not to be compared they're not even worthy of being compared with the glory that will be revealed in us and through us at a future time see god's doing business in your life right now he's allowing you to be sifted he's allowing you to be stretched he's allowing you to be to be encouraged and to grow so that when he comes you know his glory is seen in you doesn't that scripture just make you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside I think it was a, a lay, I always thought it was John Maxwell, but I discovered recently it was a lady by the name of Gail Shee who made the, that quote that all growth requires a temporary surrender of security. All growth requires a temporary surrender of security. So the things that we, that we, that we are secure to sometimes block us from growing. So we need to surrender those things. Sometimes we surrender them ourselves. Sometimes someone else removes them from us. If you don't see the growth, you will only see the loss or the gain. And you'll judge yourself by the loss or the gain, not by the growth, not by the stretching, not by the, but who God is creating you to become. When we look at our year past through the lens of Jesus' hope, then we begin to see more growth than we see loss or gain. We don't look, oh, look, we've look at all these things we've achieved, look at all these things we haven't achieved. No, we say, look at who we're becoming. Look at how God can now use us like he's never used us before. Look at now that what I can withstand that I could never withstand before. I was talking to Jamie this week about our, about our, our carols on the river. You know, in years gone by, you know, it's, it's been a huge stress. But, uh, but over time, you know, the, 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 we've become bigger in that process. We've, we've raised different people up to do different roles and, and it's become less stress. And I go, guess what? That means, you know, God is, is releasing you from that because he's going to allow you to go into a new space. He wants to stretch you in a different way. You've, you've now become enlarged and so now you, God can use you for something greater. The question is, what is God preparing you for? So the whole scripture goes from Romans 8, in verse 16, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God, not just heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. And if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory of which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. That's what I want you to do right now. I want you to just listen quietly. Why don't you shut your eyes? Shut your eyes just for a minute. Go with me on this. Say to your spirit, Spirit, listen to the Holy Spirit of God. This is what the Holy Spirit of God, I believe, is is saying to us constantly. But right now, I want you to receive this. He's saying, you're a child of God. You are a child of God. Not only are you a child, you're an heir. Not only are you an heir, you're a joint heir with Christ. You know, you may be walking through sufferings. but there will also be victory with Jesus. So look at the moments differently. Look at the moments of your life differently. Look what I am doing beyond what you are seeing and feeling. Look at what I am doing beyond what you are seeing or feeling. And remember this. This is the Spirit of God testifying to your spirit right now. Remember that I am with you always. Can open your eyes this is what God he wants to he wants to impart hope into your life the hope is there but his spirit is constantly testifying to your spirit that you are his child that you are that you are complete in him that you are whole in him that he is with you always that he is doing a work in you that you are an heir a fellow heir with Christ you are there is an inheritance that is that is that is yours that is also Jesus you know this week uh, in our parliament we saw a decades long battle in our nation end with the changing of our marriage laws it's been an interesting and it, 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 it's been an interesting process that we've that we've seen our nation go through it's been a challenging one how do, how do we interact? How do we stand for, for what the Word of God says and how do we love people at the same time? How do, we, how do we reconcile the change that we've just experienced? How do we walk this journey out? How can I look at our nation through the hope of God? When I talk to different people around the place, you know, I, I actually see people swing one way or the other. They say, I'm so full of hope that our nation's open to change, and I talk to other people and they say, "Uh, I've lost hope. I feel like our nation is is in decline. Isn't it interesting that that, um, our hope can be defined by the circumstance we live in, not by our relationship with the King of all kings? believe there's a challenge for us right now to realign our hope to where it truly belongs. You know, we can look at the situations of this world that we live in. Let me tell you, the world will always be the world. Outside of God, let's not be surprised that the world's the world. But let us align our own lives with God. Let's not define people by their actions. Let's define people by their relationship with the King of all kings. Let's not define ourselves by our ability to behave. Let's define ourselves by our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's not define our worth by what we have achieved. Let's define our worth by the righteousness of God alone. God wants to use us, and he wants to use us as conduits of hope, not conduits of behavioral correction to our nation. Here's the challenge, but he wants us also to stand in purity. See how God is not logical. Logical that God has called us deeper into a relationship with him. He's called us into, into a, a, to, to knowing him more instead of trying to solve the world more. You know, as we look back at this year and become challenged by many things, many things have happened this year in our nation and in our world that have disrupted our peace. So we've got to figure out how to look at them through the hope of Christ. In fact, all of these things ha- actually test where our hope truly lies when your hope is disrupted it it reminds you in that moment what your hope is actually in it's a scary thing isn't it because our hope gets disrupted quite regularly our hope gets disrupted by an argument our hope gets disrupted by a bank account our hope gets disrupted when someone scratches the side of our car our hope gets disrupted when someone breaks into our home our hope gets disrupted when parliament makes a decision our hope gets disrupted when all these different things happen you know but god is saying why is your hope in those things? Why isn't your hope in me? It's a tension that we have to manage for the rest of our lives, isn't it? Because God has made a spirit, soul and body and his spirit testifies to our spirit that we're his children but our body is constantly interacting with the rest of the world which causes this tension between our spirit and our body and God's saying, hey, remind yourself to choose me every day. Remind yourself to choose me every day. Here's a crazy thought. The safest place t- to be an unbeliever is in the house of God. The safest place to have no faith is in the house of God. Why? If you need, you, you know, we, we don't actually need prayer, we need God. But we say we need prayer. We only, at the end of every service, if anyone needs prayer, why don't you come to the front? We don't need prayer, we need God. We don't need to solve our lives, we need God. We don't need more money, we need God. We don't need a marriage counsellor, we need God. See, all those things are things that we, they're tools that God has allowed us to use to live and enjoy and to, and to enhance our lives, but, but if our hope is attached to any of them, we're at their mercy. And God says, make sure your hope is attached to something that is secure and solid and immovable and unshakable and is eternal. That's the God that we want to serve. That's, that's the hope that we want to attach to. You know, if you, need, if you need anything in the church, you don't need to go to God. You just need to go to the church and the church solves it for you. If you need prayer, go to someone for prayer. If you need your house moved, you ring up the boys and they come around and they shift your house for you. It's fantastic. If you need some food, go to the church. Go down to the hub. Jane will look after you. It's amazing. If you need some tiramisu, go and see Ricardo. Church covers most of our things and we can, live outside of our, we can live outside of belief if we live in the church. And I want to challenge you this morning that that is not a great place to be. The church is to equip us and to grow us and to encourage us to, and to stretch us so that as we step out, as we go into our lives, we take the hope of God with us. And then we come back and we get replenished and restored. We get topped up. We get protein, spiritual protein into our lives and, and, and encouragement from our, from our neighbours in Christ, their brothers and sisters, and then we go. One of the great concerns I've had in the, I've heard in the conservative church about the new marriage laws is that, will ministers have to marry same-sex couples? I go, is that the greatest concern that we've got? To me, the greatest concern is that there's a whole bunch of people who do not have eternal life. What is the greatest concern? Let's focus on the greatest concerns of our lives and let's engage with people. Let's not allow someone's, someone's decision, someone's law, or behavior to distance us from the core things of life. And the core, the corest of the core is our eternity. The corest of the core is our relationship with the King of all kings. What is it What is it for you? And you know what it is when you feel hopeless. You go, oh, my hope is in that. That's the beauty of your peace being disrupted. It's like a red flag to show you what your hope is attached to. And we go, oh, let me realign it with Christ. You know, I love the book of Daniel. It's one one of my favorite books in the Bible. And he prays three times a day and they change the law. And he still prays three times a day. And then he gets thrown in the lion's den. I'm thinking, did he pray three times a day because it was something that he committed to or did he pray three times a day because he was living in the most evil land on the planet right there and he needed to connect with God three times a day just to make sure his hope was attached to the king of all kings instead of get sucked into the to the the luxury of Babylon wow don't do things out of ritual do things out of necessity You know, live a life that requires you to connect with God regularly. Live a life that is so on the edge that you're required to connect with God regularly that it draws you to him. If you don't connect with God regularly, you tend to lose your peace. So make sure that life is worth reconnecting with God regularly. So the great question is not how do we solve the world. Be nice if we could solve the world because the brokenness is everywhere. I look at the world and I go, what can we do? I was talking to our Anita, Anita, our kids' church leader this week, and she was saying, you know, she'd pick up a bunch of kids and they're looking and they're, they're they're on their phones looking at, you know, adult YouTube clips, you know, when they're, you know, 12 years old. And uh, she just couldn't believe what these kids were absorbing at that age. And, she, you know, and the, the battle is is that how do we solve the world? It seems impossible to solve. Access to evil is so easy. Access to things that are outside of our capacity is, is, so, is too easy now. And, and, and the call of God, he's saying, don't try to solve the world. He's saying, I've already overcome the world. Make sure you're aligned with me. Make sure that you're connected to me. Make sure that you're not looking for prayer. Make sure you're looking for God. Make sure you're not, you're not looking to solve something. Make sure you're aligning yourself with me. He's saying, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And who knows, when you're with God, good things happen. When you're with God, people get set free. When you're with God, the problems that, that were mountains yesterday are molehills today. They're still the same size, but you're bigger because you're standing with the king of all kings, and he's with you. He's saying, "Lo, I am with you always. Why doesn't the band jump up? In Christ, all things are possible. And God is for us. Who can be against us, the Bible says. When Christ is in us, we have hope. And when we have hope, the people around us can ask us about it. We can explain where our hope comes from. Sometimes we need to take our eyes off the event that has just happened and ask God where the growth is happening. Where can we grow? Where can we grow in our hope? Where can, where can we shift ourselves? You know, this is, this is someone with a great attitude. We shift from looking at events to looking at growth. We shift from, from what we are achieving, what we are experiencing, to what the big picture of what God is doing. It's been an interesting year for us here. I look back, it's a crazy year for me. I, you know, I've been all over the place. And, you know, I, I went to China to buy these beautiful chairs that you're sitting in. And I thought I was going over there to buy some chairs. And it was, it was okay. But God was doing some business with a, you know, with a, with a government communist government official over there and he just needed someone over there to have a chat with this guy so he used me i was over there doing something in the natural but i was open to allowing god to do some spiritual business with someone's life and it was a great a great story came out of it you know if you go you go and do something and you come back and you got some chairs to sit on that's great if you go over and do something and god does business with someone on the other side of the world through you that's a very good day hey i look back and i go man that was a tiring trip and god goes yeah but what about that guy that I spoke to through you. I got to speak for two hours with a communist official about the difference between Confucius and Christ. What an amazing opportunity that was. You know, it was a fearful time to sit there. Who know? I don't know, what, you know whether I'm going to be thrown in prison or do anything, but God, he had something bigger going on. He was, doing, he was growing me and blessing this guy all at the same time in the midst of me trying to uh, choose fabrics and uh, foam densities for your comfort. What's God doing? What is God doing? You know, we took on a church. You know, our good friend, Joy, out at Pomona, retired this year, and and she had a a small church out there, and we took that church on. just for three. We said, we'll do it for three months. And uh, so we went out there every Sunday night for three months, and it didn't work. And I go, okay, what was that all about? But we also took on an op shop at the same time, and and I was praying about that this year, and I go, okay, what's that all about? And the Lord, he drew my attention to Bronwyn Allen, Bronwyn Bronwyn Allen, who's here today and and he said, you think you're building an op shop but I'm raising up a mighty woman of faith in that place, saying don't worry about the op shop, worry about what I'm doing in the life of this mighty woman because she's going to touch people you could never touch, she's going to bless people you could never bless, she's going to reach people you could never reach and I'm raising her up, I'm raising the might in her up, I'm going to do things through her that she cannot even believe could even happen. What's God doing in your story that you cannot see because you're caught looking at it from the perspective of what's happening, not what he's doing? He's growing you. You're doing business. He's doing other business. And he's not using logic. He's using relationship. He's using his Holy Spirit. He's using his, his authority and his grace that knows no bounds. Look for the greatness of God being revealed somewhere in what you're doing. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let's look for the glory in God, not escape from the sufferings. Because as we attach ourselves to him, good things happen. This is how we can become a a James chapter 1, counting it all joy as we go through trials. It's hard to count it all joy when you're looking at the trial, but when you're seeing the glory of God being revealed, you can count it all joy. Thank you, God, that you're doing a work through me. As I look at our political atmosphere in this nation, I wonder what character lesson God is teaching the church right now. I go, look at what what they're doing. And he's reminding me, saying, what am I doing? Did you know he had to take... Israel, out of Jerusalem and put them in Babylon for 70 years because they neglected God. They neglected his ways. I wonder as I look at our nation, Lord, have we neglected you in some way? Lord, search our hearts, like David said. Search our hearts and know us so that we can walk according to your ways again. Lord, where we have got lazy, where we have walked in luxury, when we should have walked in service. Lord, when our attitudes became selfish instead of selfless, Father, we just ask that you search us, know us, stir us up so that we can become conduits of your grace again. Imagine, church, if the people of God really knew God. Imagine if we knew God. Imagine if we didn't go looking for prayer, we went looking for God. Imagine if when we, needed to, when we needed prayer, we prayed. God is doing business in your life today. He's stirring you today. He's asking you to imagine a new future. You know, as I pray for, for my daughter, my daughters at night... I asked God that he would include us in his adventure. Not that we would have an adventure, but he would include us in his adventure. His adventure is my version of his will. Include us in your adventure. You know, I was sitting with Arabella the other day and she, and she says, Dad, can we go to Siri's house? You know Siri on the phone? She's got a relationship with Siri now. She, can we go to Siri's house? I said, no, I don't think so. And then she went on and she said, that when's our adventure going to begin? And then she's picked up the phone and talked to Siri and said, Peppa Pig. And I'm going, these kids, man, that, that, you know, she's like, Siri's a person, you know, and then, she talk, then she's straight away, she's into the prayer that we prayed the night before. And then she's back onto to Peppa Pig and Siri in, in, within a minute. You know, God is doing business in the midst of all this other stuff. Boom, God appeared in the middle and then he disappeared again, you know, thinking, we've got to seize those moments, hey? have got to seize the moments when God is doing, doing business with us. We think it's about what we're doing. No, it's actually about what he is doing. We think it's about us looking for purpose. No, it's getting our lives aligned with his purpose. You know, our good friend Andy, he was just riding a skateboard. But God was rescuing teenagers that weren't even born when he picked up those first kids from the 7-Eleven. They weren't even born yet. It was years later that they, the kids this year down at the Gold Coast, they weren't born when God tapped Andy on the shoulder and said, hey, go and ride your skateboard with those kids. What's he calling you to do? You know, we we mentioned that scripture, I mean, that quote that said, all growth requires a temporary surrender of your security. Here's the thing. Let me adjust that slightly. It actually doesn't require a surrender of security. It actually requires a shift in your security provider. The natural world way is we need to surrender one level of security so that we can grow. God's saying, well, you don't actually need to surrender security. You just need to shift your security from the things of this world to the things of my kingdom. And if you attach your security with there, then you can grow because you can be secure and grow at the same time. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I want to pray a prayer straight out of the word of God, straight out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Here's the prayer. Read the scripture first. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. And here's my prayer for each of you today. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. May he give you the power. May he encourage you. May he give you the grace. May he give you the tools to do the things that your faith prompts you to do. Father, we lift up your name this morning. Father, we ask that your spirit would lead us into all truth, that your spirit would comfort us in uncomfortable situations, that your, that your grace would stir us, Lord, that your provision would guide us and that your favor would be all around us as we respond to faith, as we respond to our hope. Lord, we lift up you as we consider our yesterdays, Lord. Help us to see, Lord, what you've been doing in our lives, not we've, what we've been achieving, Lord. We ask that you would show us how you've been growing us, not what we've been feeling about our yesterdays, Lord. And we want to step into a new year, giving you glory. We want to imagine great things, Father. We want to dream visions and dreams that are attached to an adventure with you. Stir our hearts, Lord. Stir our lives, Lord. Lord, we give them afresh to you. Lord, include us in your adventure. Include us in your hope, Lord. May your hope live out in us. May be so alive that is seen wherever we go. You know, we, 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 we need to step into this life first. Some of you today may not know Christ as your saviour. So I want to give you the opportunity. Every week we do this. We give you the opportunity to choose Christ as your Savior. Now, there's a hope. There is a hope that you cannot get anywhere on this planet because it required the ultimate sacrifice. It required God to send his son to make the ultimate sacrifice and to be glorified. And when you accept Christ as your Savior, this is what happened. All of your yesterdays pass away. All of, your, all of, all of your, the brokenness that dies, all of your suffering, all of your ambition in self, it dies with Christ. And guess what? You get raised up a new creation. You get raised up free, full of a fresh hope, full of a fresh life, and starting a grand adventure with the King of all kings to go and change the world with Him. If that's you this morning, we'd love to pray with you. See this little patch of carpet right here? We'd love to invite you to come and to say today, this is my day that I'm going to choose Christ as my Savior. I want to crack into a new level of hope. I want to crack into a new level of grace, a new level of inspiration to step out of my yesterdays and into tomorrow full of hope and full of life. Father, we glorify your name. We glorify that mighty name of Jesus. And we give you our lives afresh. If that's you this morning as we sing this last song, why don't you come and we'll stand with you. We'll introduce you to Jesus and we'll, we'll, we'll invite you onto a pathway to a great life. Have a great day, everyone.